Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotner. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the little uh, um, uh, technical goodies. Radio hotner. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. G'day viewers. Evening viewers. Welcome to episode 46 of Radio Hot Lap, the first for 2007. Indeed. Cheers viewers. Happy New Cheers. Year. We're on location views today, back at our, one of our favourite haunts, the Royal Hotel, here on the Decatable uh, Road. Terrace. Uh, Terrace. Terrace. Yep. And Paynham Road. <laughs> Near the Wine Centre. Quite a great, uh, great spot. Excellent steaks, but they're not, uh, not open tonight. So, because no, um, we're a day early, just to keep your viewers happy, and to fit in with the uh, international poorly schedule. Who's made another appearance here tonight? G'day, international. G'day, g'day. And nice JP. Little, uh, they've spent a, How are you, Johnny? They've spent a couple of bob on this joint, haven't they? They have spent a couple of bob on this joint, yes. And uh, for the translation to those who are not uh, familiar with the Australian vernacularism, that's um, they have spent a lot of money on this establishment in doing it up because it's. They've spared no expense whatsoever. In fact, they've even got FIAGT on the TV for you as you arrive. And you've just thought, how good is that? Exactly. Well, Donington. FIAGT. Okay. Yeah. Moving right In fact, it's not the first time I've seen a bit of sports car racing on the TV today. I went down to our sensational Adelaide Gym Next Generation, which has got some brand new machines. You've probably been down there and tried out the new bikes. And the TVs are digital feeds, and they're a damn good picture. And there I was watching... When was the last time you went to the gym? That's been like that for some considerable length of time. There I was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, about November. Watching the uh, Utah round from Miller Park uh, near Salt Lake City. And uh, I thought, geez, that's a bit unusual. There's the uh, the Dyson Lola was there, and it's uh, one of its sponsors is Thetford. Now, is that any relation to the little town you work in in England? Uh, no. Are they running a Grand Prix <laughs> well, around well, there? Well, 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 actually, there could. <laughs> There's a. Uh, is it? The... There could be a line. They actually, I think Thetford. One of the things they make is um, portable toilets for uh, for RVs and campers and. Um, and, oh. and some would some no I'm not even going to go there no, you're no, not going you're there because you're going back there next week the car, aren't yes you? yes exactly yeah, that's exactly. exactly what that man was all about Yes, you don't want to be in trouble next week probably Thetford's with Chavs, do yeah, you? Yeah, Thetford's a lovely little part of the world anyway, that's there it was so well, do we have a good new year boys? yeah, excellent, thank you not too bad, had a fantastic meal in Rundle Street and um then one of my, uh, back to one of my favourite old haunts, which I'll remain nameless, and it was really ordinary. <laughs> it was like, really, what, what happened to my old pub? It used to be pumping, and it was just... You got a heavy. It was not pumping. Yeah? But, you know, just one of those nights. Yeah, but things move on, you see. This is it. Mm. Pubs that were trendy three, four years ago. There's all these places like this place that they've spent bucket loads of money on. And the kids all move and go, all right, well, this is the new groovy place, let's go there. Mm. And, you know. But there's, a, there's a few um, a few pubs like this place, the Alma's all been done up, yep. the um, 
the Highway Inn. Have you been the in the Highway Inn? No. Oh, oh yeah, I've said been past it. Yeah, well, you want to go in the courtyard outside where they got that big wall along the side now and those three huge sails. They've got the biggest TV screen you've ever seen. Apparently, it was packed out when the test was on. Wow. All the pundits are all out the back there drinking beer and watching the big screen. Didn't help the England. No, 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 didn't no. Help England, no. no. Highway ends a bit geographically undesirable, really. From you know, it's outside the square mile. True, so. yeah, I know what you're saying. But. Mind you, the uh, the tap in, formerly the Kent Town, yes. is um, well, it's kind of like not too far out of there. You no. can be, you can be just outside the Parklands area, kind of thing. Well, you could walk there from here. If yeah, you yeah, you could, yeah, very easily. Well, it's a new year. Everybody's had a bit of Christmas, but for us, for us trio, Christmas comes this week in the form of three exciting shows. Starting in Las Vegas with the Consumer Electronics Expo, followed by Mac's, Mac World in San Francisco where we're bound to see some new toys. Going on to Thursday to lovely Birmingham for Autosport International. Well, actually, there's four. Oh. Because, oh, as, Detroit Motor because show. as we speak, the North American International Auto Show in beautiful downtown Freezer butt off Detroit is going on as we speak. All right. And usually you're there. I have been. I, in fact, the last two years I've been missing, but the previous two years prior to that, I uh, was there um, freezing my butt off. But no, it is it is bigger than 10 beers, and the, the money and staggering. Yeah. Staggering. You think they'll have cut back this year? No. In view of the uh, fountain, the, the mountains of red ink in the, no. in the GM camp? Absolutely the camp. not. No. No. And on that note, Paulie... Uh, oh, they're after us again. I was playing. Um, I was playing car cricket the other day. Cricket? You ever played car cricket? Car, car cricket. cricket. No. Car cricket. Well, you see, when, it, when you, you basically, if a uh, a car comes past you, you get a run. If it's a four wheel drive, you get two runs. Right. If it's a truck, you get two runs. If it's an emergency vehicle, you get ten. If you get a red car, then you swap sides. You get a red truck, you lose all your points. And of course, um, Miss Briz Vegas got uh, a century just like that. Yep. And what'd you so get? I turned down and found uh, a roundabout, which was busy until I got my points back up. <laughs> you <laughs> just kept going around the roundabout. Around the roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a half a point for a scooter. Yeah. Uh, no, I must admit, must admit, I've never played car cricket yeah, before. Played, well, there you are when you're out the backwater of... Punch uh, buggy and bloody mini whatever and whatnot. I spy and... Well, no, they used to beat the crap out of each other. If any of them saw a Volkswagen Beetle, that's punch buggy. <laughs> so the first one to see the Volkswagen just basically turns around to the other two and snots it. That was always good fun. Well, International, you're off next week. Uh, predictions for 2007. Let's uh, look at the motorsport side of things first before we uh, move on to technology and the uh, the terrible the terrible uh, situation with the Teppanyaki department. Yes, oh, yes. the Teppanyaki. Oh. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that to touch on that shortly. But no, an extremely interesting year ahead on uh, on the local front here in the um, in the beautiful part of the world, of course. It's going to be Ford versus Holden. The V8 thing will step up another notch, and now that Holden has actually finally won, the, it's, it's been a bit of a swap because, like, Holden normally win Bathurst and Ford win the championship. Well, this year it's been the other way around. So that, of course, uh, the Clipsal 500, the stands and the corporates are all being constructed as we speak. They and are the bridges. first bridges up on. Yep. Yep. Second bridge. Second. Yep. Uh, well, first bridge was up on uh, Wakefield, and the second bridge went up today on Bartels. Yep. In fact, Bartels oh, was under closed. Bartels um, it was actually closed when I went to go down oh, there. Oh, really? They were sticking the, the bridge. The Hardys. Yeah. Quite so, a bit earlier this year, Paul. First of yeah. March yeah. through to the fourth. Usually, it's around the twentieth or even later. Oh, okay. Which is probably yeah. why they're building it. So much earlier, but yes. no, no, that's going to be very interesting. And on the international front, some some interesting stuff ahead. You've got 
uh, now pretty much a monopoly on the tyre situation when it comes to both Formula One and also the World Rally Championship. Because yeah. Pirelli had pulled out of um, WRC, WRC yeah. which means Subaru now have uh, now have a decent tyre, uh, which is BF Goodrich, which yeah. is actually kind of part of the Michelin yes. part of the Michelin family. It's an old American brand, isn't it? That's now just been uh, brought to light to sort of you know bring it back online. It's I like remember the second as, stringer under Michelin. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, they were those uh, BF Goodrich radial TAs ooh, with yeah. the white riding and, the I, HQ. and I reckon the TAs was for attraction, <laughs> assholes. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Careful, good in the wet. Careful, you get an explicit tag on there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's kind of interesting, and uh, particularly from um, Subaru's perspective, because they've been kind of battling away at, uh, on Pirelli for the yeah, well, past they, couple they of had years. Yeah, crap year last year. And, being, the, and, and it was been getting, the tires yeah, had a lot to do been getting spanked. So that is one that I find to look for. From the Formula One perspective, we've got the same deal. Whereas um, BF Goodrich, Michelin have now got the WRC pretty much to themselves. Um, Michelin have pulled out of Formula One, and Bridgestone yep. are now the basically the control tyre for the whole series. So, any swings and roundabouts, advantages, and so forth that you kind of see where Ferrari would be quick one week and yes. Renault would be quick the other, and you never knew Ferrari would go like a cut cat in qualifying in uh, Japan, but then in the race they were really ordinary kind of thing. So a lot of that's going to go out the window because everyone's going to have the same tyre. There's still a bit of controversy going around as to kind of who's paying what for their tyres. Yes. Because some are getting them um, cheap, a la the red Italian mob, and some are um, paying up the wazoo for it. But yep. they're basically, they have to get the same the same rubber. So that that's going to be interesting. And particularly, some of the ones to watch is, of course, our friend Mr. Weber mm. in a Adrian Newey design Red Bull. Now, this year, year one of that, you can buy all the pieces of the puzzle and get all the clever people together, and basically, money doesn't money doesn't win motor racing. Um, clever people win motor racing, but clever people cost money, so they've spared no expense to get whoever they whoever they want to build a better mousetrap. And they've got the expense to do it. And they've now got Renault engines, which of course won the world championship last year. So you would think that he's going to have a reasonable sled underneath him to yep. do the job. How it all gels together is going to be the sixty-four dollar question, and whether it takes a year for them to get that sorted, or whether uh, it just takes a f- or, few races, I or mean, whether or, we, or whether they roll out, you know, roll out and practice at the first well, uh, the in, first race. I was in the news agents the other day, and uh, I can't even remember what magazine it was, but there was a magazine somewhere in the rack there, and it said interview with Mark Webber, um, why I can win with the right car or something like that. Words to that effect. So. The uh, Grand Prix circus uh, last year, for the first time uh, since the Grand Prix has gone to Melbourne, was actually not the first on the calendar, and I found that found that actually very very interesting because mm. there seemed to be more momentum and more passion associated with the event by the second time around, the second event around. Usually, when it's the first event, you know, no one knows anything. It's just roll out, see where we're going. But is that the same this year? We we go to Bahrain? No, first? no, no, no. Of course, the only reason that was li- uh, they changed it last year was because of the Commonwealth, Commonwealth Games. Games. Yeah. Now that's out the window. Um, so Melbourne wants to kick things off. Um, personally, I think they should end the season like Adelaide used to, kind of thing. It had a much better, much better feel to it. The the interesting thing, what may happen down the road, is that a lot of the sponsors actually are in are in significantly. 
in favour of having it in Bahrain or kind of somewhere in Europe because of the television time is so much better to kick the year off. Yeah. Otherwise, the race is live at yeah, on some ungodly hour, hour, yeah. uh, hour of the morning, and the yeah. Brit, you know the Brits uh, the Brits aren't, necessar- aren't necessarily watching it. No. And they're and they're a huge part of the viewing audience, and that's the big thing. Well, and particularly, uh, you know, the whole thing is is, is pretty much um, European. It's got such a European influence on the yep. whole on the whole thing. Um, even though that's probably a pretty small slice of the market compared to South America and you know North America, where they'd really like to uh, get a bigger slice of the pie. Some interesting new guys coming in this year. Of course, um, you've got Lewis Hamilton stepping in, mm-hmm. um, stepping in the first black driver in Formula One, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. We did. So that's going to be interesting to see how he goes. He's going to be teamed with Alonso at McLaren, which is also going to be an interesting fit. And then um, Heike uh, Kovalainen uh, coming in at Renault, and Kimi Räikkönen going to Ferrari. So there's all sorts of uh, movement at the station. But that's racing that hasn't started yet. And I think, Paul, that um, since you're here, and you know a bit more about this subject than I think most of the people, simply because most people don't even know that it goes on, that when all the rest of the motor racing stops, another category starts, namely World World Series Sprint Cars. You've been involved uh, very much with the Superlock Racing Team, and you've even got a nice shirt on tonight, even though you didn't bring one for us. Yep, I do have have the freebie shirt. Um, Jason Johnson, an American who's doing very well. Going very well for my brother-in-law's team, in fact... um, Plug, plug. Disbury Family Racing. Superlock Racing, um, they have done exceptionally well so far this year. In fact, they did, they have a, as part of the series, they have this thing called Speed Week, which is over the, straight after Christmas, five nights in seven days. Um, they actually won the series and won a Proton Jumbuck Ute mm. as part of the uh, as part of the deal. <laughs> well, you couldn't sell them. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, on the weekend they finished third. They kind of missed the setup in the final, and the thing was a bit loose. And Max Dumsney, the, who is the Australian guy, is the arch rival. He actually won. So Max has um, opened a, a, a small gap, not insurmountable by any stretch of imagination. And they've got three races to go: Wednesday night, Friday night, and Saturday night in Brisbane. Yeah, I was going to say they're in Brisbane, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. To, uh, yeah. To, to win the deal. So, Thursday morning, we'll miss the Wednesday night show. Thursday morning, um, up to uh, Bris Vegas and uh, yep. see the big uh, grand finale. Could you take the viewers through a 101 of sprint car racing? Because, I mean, I don't know how it quite works, and, and, and most people don't seem to go to these Well, I've been, um, I've been nagging you for quite a significant period of time. But to come and see the world's greatest event on earth. Yes. Um, I yeah. would have made it hey, that I night in mid-Ohio if I hadn't got drunk with Waldrop. There I are, used yeah. to take my kids to see it, Paulie, you'll be happy to hear, down at Adelaide. Um, I did go to Parramatta City Raceway and used to watch Brooke Tattle do that. So, And I remember Speedway his City. father used to have all the gear out there in Marrickville and I worked around the corner. It always went to go and have a look at the cars. There you go. So, oh, well, but how does it work from a points point of view? Points point of view. Well, it's but now that's a that's a tricky question. It's a bit painful because with a main you see this is that the average viewer. You have qualifying. Um, from the qualifying, it actually sets the grid for the heat races. Now, it actually sets the grid for the fastest guys are actually at the back. Right. If you qualify um, fastest in your two laps that you get to qualify on your on your own, um, I think the maximum you get is like 66 points for the fastest qualified. To win a heat race is only worth about 25 points. So you've got to qualify really well because that's a big, big chunk of points. 
then there's 25 points up, up for grabs in the heats. So the secret is not you get to qualify, um, not you get to qualify, uh, qualify at the front of the pack. You actually get to qualify at the back. That's your target. So the so reverse grid racing is loved somewhere in yes, Australia. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and it is racing. It's not just driving around and the leader sails off into the sunset. See you later. You actually get to um, you actually get to race, and that's the secret of the the entertainment. Following two, but the fast guys come through the field. Following fast and that's guys, entertainment yeah, and that's, for the public. Oh, it is great to watch. The fast guys come through the field. Then you have two two what they call dash races, which is six cars. And, the, and they have two of those, and the finishing positions from those dashes start the inside row for the final and the outside row for the final. So one, three, five, seven, nine, eleven. Paul was very good at maths yes. at school. Two, four, yeah. six, eight, ten, twelve. I'm much easier. I'm, I'm, I'm much easier on, on, the I'm, I'm, on my even numbers. Um, so yeah. the guys that miss out on that then go what they because you've never been on pole. What they go through a, a C main or a B main. To work, to work their way through. So if you finish in the first four in the C main, you go in the back of the B main. You finish in the first six of the B main, you go in the back of the A main. So you've got a, you're basically you're racing your way into the final. And then you have a 35 lap final. And, Windy uh, obligatory, uh, hit, hitting the walls and cars upside, cars and, upside down and yep. powered, powered away to a Formula One car in mm. um, going around a 400 meter circuit on dirt. Yeah, well, with, um, with 20 other lunatics um, all um, charging sideways. Um, well, we had Gary Baxter on, didn't we, talking about that when he'd had a go. He had a go, that's right. Yeah. But if, uh, if, if supercar think that uh, turning around from one side of the country to the next side of the country um, over a week is tough, how's the schedule for these guys? Well, as we said about uh, the Speed Week situation, seven, um, five nights in seven days. Just... Incredible, yeah. you know, it's, it's none of this kind of set up three days in advance and have the thing. You get up and you just go racing. You just you don't go out and test for days you and days and days. Up, do the setup. You do think the you've top got to do, teams run have two cars? Do they have like a one is broken? Can they replace it? Are there testing bands and all this sort of stuff? Well, the trouble is the tracks need to be prepared, so there's really no opportunity to test as such. It's a matter of they they don't do they test at the test at the racetrack, you know. They test while they're, while they're racing, so there's no running around with nobody watching. Yeah. If they if you're running the car, you're running it in front of people, which is which is really what how how Formula One should be. There's this this business of running around Spain, you know, in the middle of in the middle of winter with two, two men and a dog standing on the hill. <laughs> well, it's a significant waste of money. You know, there should be that should be the season should start in Spain at that time that time of the year and have 25 races and band testing. Yeah. How successful has this category been to bring internationals here to compete at a top level? Well, it's very hard to discuss when you've got a mouthful of um, Turkish bread. Mm. Nice Turkish bread, though. Nice Turkish bread. Turkish bread and, um, what is that? Uh, That's good, that stuff. Roast capsicum. Well, there's going to be nine Americans actually racing in Brisbane on the weekend. So it, it is it is a full-on full on deal. And... Conversely, conversely, at the big Knoxville Nationals and a lot of a lot of the other events in the states, you'll see nine or ten Australians trying to strut their stuff against against the Americans on their on their home soil. So the category here is is very much considered a world class event. Oh, absolutely! It's it's not probably at at the same level because as 
as the US because we don't have the numbers, we don't have the population, we don't have the car count. Clutch like drag racing. We don't yeah, have speedways. Yeah. We don't have the number of tracks. Mm. But the competition, the top guys here can run with the top guys in the States. Trouble is, the top guys in the States, they run 160 nights a year. Jesus. So, so they they got a lot of miles under there. They know how to f- fine tune this thing pretty well. When you're doing 30 nights in Australia, it's pretty hard to get that same kind of level of experience. That even makes the NASCAR program look a little bit tame. Pretty much, yeah. That's that's an enormous so, amount. 160 nights a year in the US. From when until when? Australia Day long weekend through right. to start of November. Oh, really? It's just non-stop. So it really starts in winter. Hmm. Yeah, everything kicks off in Florida. Ah, so the warm, the, the warm yeah, climates yeah. get the winter yeah. races. Yeah. And yeah, okay, you, you, makes you, sense. You, yeah. Don't, you don't go racing in um, in Detroit yeah. in the middle does of the well, no. Does it travel <laughs> around the whole race. whole of America? So that, or, or is it a more southern based, a bit like NASCAR? Nope. There's a whole. Well, there's there's so many different series. You've got the major World of Outlaws thing, which is the top notch, the top notch deal. But then you've got the um, Steve Kinzer. Correct. Is the king of the outlaws won the thing? And like, has forever. Has won the thing eleven or twelve times, and so so that so they're doing lots and lots of nights. Then you've got the All Star Circuit of Champions, and then you've got the uh, American Sprint Car Series, and there's all these different championships, and all these regional championships that, that's kind of going on, all of which are uh, extremely competitive. Looks a bit like Steve Masterton, I remember Steve Kinzer, but I might be wrong. Maybe just have light hair but I remember as long as I've been a I don't think does Steve Marston have a, have a moustache yes yeah. well he did that is a blast from the past well moving right along I think we've had enough motorsport for a moment bit of technology JP you're the technology man you're Mr Apple oh yeah yeah well being Mr Apple that means that I know nothing until Steve's done his big spiel at Macworld. About seven hours time, but your lips are sealed, do you reckon? My lips aren't sealed at all. Basically, Apple's yeah. lips are sealed. And you're, like, you're like Mr Mushroom. Yeah, well, that's right. Captain of the yeah, Dark and... Yeah. Fed. Whatever. Um, speculation, rife, you know, all the things that we've spoken about during the year. iPhone. ITV. 50-inch uh, monitors. Yeah, bigger bigger LCD panels. Eight core Max. Eight core Max is another interesting one. Yes. Video iPod. Uh, yeah. So plenty, plenty of speculation. An iPony. iPony. Yeah. yeah. What's all that about? Yeah. I want a pony. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so like the kids were off Christmas. Yeah, I want a pony. Yeah, pony. It's got like USB and Firewire ports in its buttons. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Plug a so headphone no, jack in behind the ears. And... It's going to be, uh, I don't know, I think there's going to be some interesting announcements and I'm, I'm just hanging out to hear what the just one more thing is. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all the rumours, if the rumours are true, the iPhone's definitely going to be a goer. Um, How long before it hits out here? Sorry? How long before it lands out here? That's going to be the yeah, other well, that's the big. that's the big issue, isn't it? I think um, that, uh, my prediction is that it will be an enhanced media centre. Yeah, along taking with ITV and going further, that'd be my thinking because they would also be aware that you know that phones are very much based on carriers that they are connected with, and that is not going to give them a global reach immediately. But we've only got two two 
TV standards in the world. Well, well three if you three to, to go with the French. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so um, it's a lot easier for them to deploy a PAL and NTSC solution, you know, around the world oh, absolutely. at the same time frame. But it won't be easy for them to be able to do phones. Mm. Yeah, but then the phone market, if you if you relate the phone market to the iPod market, now I was reading something the other day that said basically um, there were, I can't remember what it was, let's just say it was uh, 98,000 new mobiles purchased in a period last year uh, in the same period next year they're expecting 1.2 mil so there's there's going to be economies of scale there i mean they're selling into a growing market and then if you take ipods and say well all right well you can have the ipod in the phone and the phone market's growing and the ipod market's growing there's going to be a lot of adopters out there who go well why would i waste my money on buying two devices when i can buy one hmm. So uh, it's got to be a go. New networking standards look like they could be emerging, the 802.11n spec, and also the uh, Airport Extreme X2, which is up to 600 megabit per second. Now explain that to the masses. Well, Joe Public out there who has no idea, you you say the number's 802.11, they go, huh, is that somebody's phone number? The concept that I see is that currently people don't watch internet-based television that is a downloaded movie that they get on their computer um, in the right way because it's stuck on their computer their computer is sitting on a desk in the office uh, there's a keyboard and there's an upright chair in the lounge they've got a couch and they've got a big screen and then a remote control and people lie down and they just you know they take it as entertainment so if you get that video that content and that can be able to be transmitted into a device which connects to your consumer uh, screen your plasma, your big LCD panel, that you can control with a remote control, then there's a paradigm shift there that people are going to feel more likely to watch internet-based content because they won't even realise that it's internet-based content. Those numbers, 802.11n and the um, Airport Extreme X2, are wireless communications that allow that data to be able to be moved from the computer, transmitting wirelessly in the, in the office, to this box, a set-top box, much like, like you would have with Foxtel or your cable TV, or your um, ITV, that uh, that uh, connects through a um, um, high-definition multimedia interface cable uh, and displays it. So the faster the wireless connection, the quicker you're going to be able to pull down large files. And you know, it's all and very well for to be able or, to or stream them from yes. somewhere else in the house. So you may still sit at your computer and download which was the original concept yeah. when Steve spoke about the ITV back last year was the fact that okay you download it to your computer you transmit it wirelessly to the ITV the ITV projects it on your LCD screen. that's right the streaming is an important factor so long as the the, the download rate is actually uh, faster than the playback rate then it's always going to play perfectly, meaning that the movie will not stall yeah. waiting for more yes. data. Yeah. So streaming means, viewers, that you don't, if it's a, a large file, you don't, you, after maybe 15% of the file has, has downloaded, think of it as a, as like skip protection in your Walkman that you used to go skiing with, you know, you'd have, you'd be going over the, over the moguls, but you'd have a 20 or 30 second um, uh, sort of memory of the next bit of music so that if it if it bounced around it would always play smoothly same with video but up until now we haven't had wireless networks fast enough to be able to translate for full full uh, definition material it was interesting in um, cleaning out the old man's place um, finding some of the junk that 
is now being thrown out. A video sender yes. from about 20 years ago yes. that would actually take what's coming out of your VCR yeah. and would broadcast it locally. I don't know what... I think uh, it was about a 30 metre radius, if I remember correctly. Yeah, you, could, you, could, you could just kind of get it upstairs and it was just... Yeah. kind of a little bit fuzzy kind of thing but it was this big <laughs> box and cables and it was like oh wow I remember this I was just like oh here's ITV like 20 years ago yeah. like it's not it's not a new idea kind of thing it's just having the technology available to be able to send that signal but it's the last thing you want the want to be watching porn on because all the neighbours know uh -huh, there you go oh well that killed the conversation <laughs> didn't it well interestingly <laughs> I was listening to um uh MacBreak Weekly, which is for those of you you who are podcasting fans and Apple fans, um, certainly one highly recommended and very interesting. It's still something like 60% of the motion downloads in the entire world, because you can now, you know, in America you can download movies and you yes, know, off, yeah. off of iTunes and Google has a movie service and everyone else has a movie service. 60% of the downloads in the world at the moment are still porn. Yeah. So, what the porn industry kind of creates in regards to what is the format, it's a bit like that's why we have VHS and not, and not beat it. Well, the porn industry is solely responsible for monetizing the internet in the first place. Mm -hmm. uh, without them, we wouldn't have um, been able to afford the technologies to go further forward because it was the only thing that people wanted to pay money for, sneakily. That's right. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of pioneering went on in that area. So... Hence why you can no longer buy penthouse in Australia. Really? Yeah. Oh, you can buy American penthouse, but you can no longer buy Australian penthouse. Hmm. Why is that? Because the, the online porn industry basically killed it. Why Why subscribe to a magazine that costs you, I don't know, whatever it was per year, let's just say it's 100 bucks is a nice round figure, um, when you can spend 30 bucks a year on your credit card and get your jollies off more often. But this Eight goes back own, to the whole you know, discussion about like the acceptance of IP television you know, in your lounge room. Yep. Because you know, like we, there's something esoteric about a, a magazine. You know, you can open it at any point and just there's no structure to the way you look at it. Whereas digital content starts and finishes. You know, like it's a, it's like a, it's like the news. You know, the, I can't find out what's happening to, at quarter past the hour until it actually gets to that moment. But I can open a magazine at any point. So. You've actually pushed people back into the office to look at the porn content, whereas it really should now be being delivered out in a very nice sort of way. Possibly a, uh, a uh, iPhoto slideshow or a, a lovely <laughs> Keynote 4 presentation. <laughs> Keynote 4? Did you mention that? No. Keynote 4? Whoops. <laughs> okay. Well... On the next note, before we get an explicit what tag... What Consumer Electronics Show? Anything... I mean, I think they had their first big day of showing stuff off today. Did anybody see anything earth-shattering? I don't know, but I, I've been to the um, the SEMA show, which is kind of like the automotive version Equivalent. of yep. CES, and it's bigger than 10 bears. And if you go to that show, you don't need to download any porn or sign up <laughs> to any of those websites because the booth babes that are kind of walking around kind of presenting the stuff, and it would be exactly the same at, at CES. Although, said a, sex a, didn't sell. apparently they there is now... Uh, no, I think it was the, the game show in, in LA. They actually brought in new rules as to what you could and couldn't wear. That would be E3. 
uh, E3, yeah. Um, because it just got that risque. It was basically full-born strip shows going on. I bet like I, it did at Clips of 500 a couple of years ago on the grid. <laughs> uh oh. I think there's a big uh, resurgence in gaming. You know, there's some of the, the, the cards. The, the video cards are obviously just enormously powerful these days. Almost like a gigabyte of RAM, video RAM. Oh. Dedica- it's just they're more powerful than the, um, than the than the processors on the on the computer. But that that's another you know shift in that direction where the graphics another... processing y- unit is is doing all the doing all the work and the um, and the, the onboard processor is, is left to do its regulatory. Now um, now the question is, but with the with the kids of today. How the heck do you get them off their backside from in front of their PlayStation or their Xbox or their Wii or their computer games and so forth? You actually get out there in the real world and get some exercise before they bloat up and die from looking well, I like think, that, And I think that you know what the, the solution to that is going to be, this wireless technology. Because it brings them back into can, the lounge room again. Well, or it takes them out into the street where they can actually correlate to other kids in their neighbourhood playing games wirelessly. If you base the games on an outside scenario, like paintball or something like that, for instance, but imagine that in a virtual sense, that could be the key to doing it. So you actually get like a, you wear like a little helmet kind of thing, so it yeah. turns your outside world into a... Into mm. um, a, a VR playground. World of Warcraft yeah. kind of thing, and yeah. until the thing malfunctions and... Well, let you run, run out on the street in front, front of a back track. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to start seeing some really good car racing games. Not that there hasn't been some some good stuff before, but it's it's all been very sort of. You know, there hasn't been much role playing as such in it. You know, it, I, I think it's just I can't imagine exactly what's going to happen here, but um, it's just going to be much more realistic and big screens and, and uh, you know much greater resolution, much better input devices. Um, yes. Looking forward to it. G-force accelerometers and you know turns <laughs> yeah. up the uh, yeah, turns up the heat inside the cockpit and <laughs> or if you're doing sprint car racing, it actually throws dirt at you or, yeah. or, or rally racing or something. And like it's brought that. out to you by Motec. <laughs> it could be. Could happen. It, it could. There's no doubt about that. Um. Oh well, on the last topic, it's a bit of a short show tonight because really we just. Um, it's not much, uh, not much well, there's not much to talk era. about in terms of racing that's gone on. We're Other just than speculating. Parry Dakar, yeah, Parry Dakar. Carlos Sainz, um, king of the kids there at the moment. Yep. Um, charging on through the desert. Um, yeah, we were watching it earlier on. Volkswagens, yes, were one through five on the first day. And uh, now, um, uh, Stefan Peter Hansel has brought the Mitsubishi up to third. At the yep. end of the third day, the first leg into Africa. Uh, let's hope it won't be a tragic event as it has been uh, so many other years and unfortunately last year the South Australian star driver, rider Andy Caldicott um, was lost in the desert. Um, poor bloke. Very sad, yeah, 12 months, basically sad. 12 months ago. So, yeah, uh, 12 months, yeah, 12 months ago on Thursday I think if I remember correctly. Interesting and, uh, article, did you read it by Graham Corns yes, in the LA Advertiser on Saturday? Yeah, I did see I that, yes. Was, uh, which was very good. And uh, Thursday is. Did you actually read the paper? Opening, uh, opening of uh, Autosport International in sunny Birmingham, a lovely place sunny where we went Birmingham. to um, our, um, our trusty Danish uh, uh, reporter cohort, uh, and, and now media register, Mr. Sol- Alan Simonson will be there um, checking all the um, opportunities out. Reporting As will, he back be to able, us. will he be able to do an interview with Murray Walker? Will he be able to? 
Baseball. Every man and his dog, of course, is at uh, is, is at Autosport. It is a rather enormous uh, is an enormous show. The weather is normally quite lovely. A bit grim. <laughs> a bit, bit gr- chilly. A bit grim up in Birmingham. <laughs> How did you manage to get away from it this year? Uh, long story, but the clock's ticking. Pete's <laughs> going. Next, next Monday. Next Monday, I'm on, I'm on the kite back to uh, away from the sunshine and short sleeves and yep. short shorts. Apparently so, they've uh, had plenty of rain over there, do you, do, you, do you plan spending a lot more time in England, Paul? Um, well, what's the plan for the uh, what's the plan for the moment? That is the base, so um, who knows? You never know kind of what's around the corner. But um, yes, it's been it's been quite pleasant. It's been a couple of months in a beautiful part of the world. Judy um, calls. Yeah. Back to sunny Bury St Edmunds, where Edmunds. you can get a really good curry that tastes not anywhere near as good as Jasmine's, but damn right and I never understood what you said until I had a curry and berry <laughs> well viewers um, glad you're still with us and I hope we'll bring you an interesting um, interesting year a uh, couple of weeks time I think we'll be heading off to the Lake Mountain Tango which is the first of the mountain motorsports run Tarmac series, yeah. three race, oh. three race series this year. Just like the what's grown out of Mount Buller or something. Yes. It has. Yeah. Um, Lake Mountain is another area. It's a six point nine three kilometre course, but this is a bit interesting because they're also racing down the hill. So ah. um, that will be a very testing for the brakes as well as the uh, co-driver's mm-hmm. ability to. Now, um, call the corners correctly, uh, taking momentum into account. Yes. Now the question is, when are they going to run one up the old um, Eagle on the Hill? That's funny wow. you right. should say that because just last night I'd been talking to some people that can't be mentioned, and will be coming over to make a, a presentation to a man who has something to do with beer. Right. Hmm. Sounds fair. I reckon that's the fence. Fantastic piece of road. Yes, Absolute, it is. Absolutely, absolutely fantastic. I can remember, like in the in the old days after the divorce, when I had the kids on the weekend, and they lived up at Mount Barker and went to school oh, there, and you just couldn't beat that run up the hill on a Monday morning with the kids in the car, of course. That's right. Yeah. Well, back in the back in the day, when I when I was when, when I, I was, was a boy. when I was a boy, with the run from. Um, Coming back from Murray Bridge Speedway yep. in, the, in the early hours of a Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. You used to see. No you, radars back then, Paul. No, no, no. <laughs> well, certainly not on that kind of stretch of road. And uh, not exactly equipped with uh, a piece of um, fine automotive technology, something in the form of a Nissan Bluebird or a TE Cortina or some kind of piece of snot that um, <laughs> used to kind of get around in way back then. You used to see if you could get from Eagle on the Hill down to the toll gate in four minutes. Yep. And you'd get down to, uh, you'd get past the toll gate, get to the traffic light, and if you actually pull the thing up and get the thing to stop, there's bro- steam coming off the brakes. But no, a, be- a beautiful flowing piece of road, and I reckon that yeah. would be a fantastic, fantastic venue. How safe it would be, because I think probably some of the drop-off in a, in a few locations is probably a bit... Well, uh, plus they've remodelled it so much since they closed well, I mean, since it was closed to major traffic. Yeah. Um, Most you know, of the top bit is still is still there. It's only yeah. the last the last little bit. Where t- they've done the bike lane. And coming down the old Devil's Elbow kind of two thing. Two-way, yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think that's spoiled it a bit, but there you go. So there you go, viewers. I suppose, JP, you and I will be uh, 
back together again next week to review what's going on in America this week. Yes. All the announcements. Well, not that we're turning into the, the technology no, show, but we, you know, we've got to keep it. But keep well, the viewers interested. Well, what about, but of course, we haven't mentioned about you've got to kick off. You know, this show is about motor racing, yes. motor racing. automotive stuff, technology, and, and barbecues. barbecues. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> so, teppanyaki. Did we have a teppanyaki story? We, After the last show? Well, viewers, if you we, recall that... Uh, we that, had a uh, teppanyaki barbecue. Yes, there was a very nice teppanyaki barbecue at, at Radio Hot Lap headquarters, world headquarters. And Mr. Um, Bruce Vegas and I went on holidays uh, and we came back and the barbecue's gone. And it's a big barbecue. It is. Well, it's taken at least two people left that, Johnny. It just happens to be that at the same moment... Did you find my old man's toolkit? My uh, idiot flatmate is moving and is not providing a forwarding address so viewers you can only read into it but it's karma when's he moving out on in one and a half days time right and is he getting removalists yes well it's easy just follow the truck follow that truck there you go there's your forwarding address (laughs) (laughs) and we know he doesn't listen we hope that the uh, the teppanyaki barbecue will be returned to our uh, our house. So. Well, I had an interesting barbecue event on Christmas, on Christmas Day. Did I tell you about that? No. Well, I had the uh, I had the turkey in the weather with the smoking wood and all the rest of it. And that was all fine, lovely, wonderful. And then I had the gas-fired barbecue with the hood, and I had a turkey roll in there, which uh, Lainey's parents had brought round, and we thought we'd do the roast potatoes in there. But the wind, the weather on Christmas Day here it was pretty dismal. It didn't get to more than about 19, 20 degrees. Mm-hmm. The wind was gusting severely. And I couldn't get an even temperature in the barbie. And, and with the hood down, you're not supposed to have more than two burners on maximum. And so I thought, oh, well, I'll just cheat a bit here. I had the two burners over the grill section, which is where the turkey roll was. I had them turned up to about three quarters. And then I just lit the burner at the, the end that the wind was coming from on the hot plate. Uh, just to keep it simmering, I just thought, just to take the chill off. Anyway, I went out there a few times and checked it, and the temperature just was hovering between medium and low. And I thought, this thing's never going to cook in time. So I just snuck the two end burners up on the, on the grill underneath the turkey roll a little bit, to about sort of just over three quarters, and I cranked the one at the other end up that was looking after the wind by about another, I don't know, half a notch. Went back inside, Lanny says, well, I think we should go and open presents now. It's going to be another half an hour before that lot's ready. And uh, luckily, we didn't actually start opening presents because I needed to open the beer. And I looked out the window, and there were smoke and flames. (laughs) And obviously, it was well up to temperature. The temperature was actually in the red well and truly. And uh, the wind had actually dropped, wouldn't you know it. Mm -hmm. And so the heat that had been flowing through it because of the gusty wind wasn't flowing through it anymore. And the fat catcher was on fire, and then everything else that had got any fat on it, like the kitty litter underneath, had uh, caught as well. And uh, yeah, it was good. We went on the way to burning the house down. I, well, it would have been if we'd have gone in and opened the Christmas presents. But luckily, I saw it. Kept the lid down, viewers. Just turned the gas off, let it burn itself out, and everything was fine. The turkey roll the turkey was roll, saved. The turkey roll was perfect. Luckily, it was wrapped in foil, and I'd only opened the top up. And the roast spuds were charcoal on one side and really nice on the other. So we just cut the charcoal bits off. No, no, charcoal's good bits. No, no, two charcoal. But don't no. you like a bit of charcoal in something? What was it in a... In a... Oh, burnt carrots. 
burnt carrots in Burnt roast carrots. So you didn't have burnt carrots when you came up to my place. No, no, I didn't. No, 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 I needed the tea. Honey and sesame seeds. Yeah, that was pretty good too. That was pretty good too. I actually have a barbecue story. A barbecue tip. From uh, from our good friend Malcolm Amos, who used to run Casimir in North Adelaide, which was one of the fantastic restaurants. premier restaurants in uh, North Adelaide. Well, Casimir is uh, no longer with us. It's about to be about to be redeveloped, and um, there are, there is rumours abound that Malcolm could be uh, could be involved in this little establishment that we're sitting in um, oh, quite shortly. So we'll, we'll wait for uh, wait for news on that. But um, we were actually fortunate to actually have dinner at his place last night. And he's cook- he has this magnificent Morton Bay Bud recipe, oh. which uh, Mrs. Ryan and the old man uh, really enjoyed quite significantly. Unfortunately, I'm allergic to that stuff, so uh, oh, anything, a- a- anything shellfish, so he cooked me up a steak. Well, he's got this oldest, largest, marbly kind of half a cow that's been hanging in the butcher shop for about five weeks until um, it kind of goes green, then you give it a wipe over with vinegar to... Yep. Make sure you don't die of food poisoning. Marinate the thing in the fridge for about Lord knows how long. Whack it on the barbecue. Broke what I thought was the golden rule of once, turn over. Well, he was turning it over several times. However, ah. his tip was over the top of the grill, he put a large wok to create what is basically a mini Weber. Right. over the top of yep. this large piece of steak. Absolutely magnificent. The best piece of bovine I have <laughs> ever had in my entire life. You didn't need a knife. The thing just fell apart. Absolutely magnificent. So next time you're doing some doing a big ass piece of steak, go grab the big wok out of the bottom of the, uh, the, the, the kitchen drawer and just whack it over the top and see how you go. Because email us back at Radio Hotline. Yeah, email us and let us know how you go. Because I, I've got a recollection from that from the Astor back in the old days when they used to have those steaks that were about two inches thick. And you used to see the chef and he'd grill them both sides. Then he would stick bake the them. thing in the oven. Yes, you'd bake. bake them after mm. he'd give them the singe. Yeah. Yeah. So you're yeah, basically you'd achieving the same thing. It, yeah. yeah. Well, well, boys, thanks very much way. for. Uh, Making time and Paul have yeah, a safe thanks, trip Paul. back to New Zealand. Great to see you New Zealand. Zealand. New Zealand. I'm not going to New Zealand. What are you going to New Zealand for? <laughs> UK. Yeah, have a great uh, trip back, Paul. And, uh, Thank you, guys. I suppose we'll be seeing you over there next. Sounds like a plan. JP. Fantastic. Thanks for uh, making time for episode 46. No, and viewers, not a worrying time. See you next week. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. Bye, viewers.